When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. I tell you what, he's a lot more obsessed with me than I am with him. <laughs> if Donald is the nominee, Hillary wins and she wins by double digits. If you're a Hillary supporter, you're rooting for Donald. Obfuscate the real problems facing our society and find somebody you can blame. That's what demagoguery is about. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who wants to make Russia great again, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. So I'm here in Philadelphia at the Democratic Convention, and I just finished watching a Bernie or Bust rally. These are the people who are not following Bernie Sanders' plea to support the Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton. I can't say I understand these people any better than the people at the Republican Convention in Cleveland. They don't seem to think there's any difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I'll speak to one of their leaders in a minute. But first, let's do the tweets. Looks like the Bernie people will fight. If not, their blood, sweat, and tears was a total waste of time. Kane stands for the opposite. Even though Bernie Sanders has lost his energy and his strength, I don't believe that his supporters will let crooked Hillary off the hook. There is no longer a Bernie Sanders political revolution. He is turning out to be a weak and somewhat pathetic figure once to end it all. Sorry, folks, but Bernie Sanders is exhausted. Just can't go on any longer. He is trying to dismiss the new emails and DNC disrespect. Sad. If Cory Booker is the future of the Democratic Party, then they have no future. I know more about Cory than he knows about himself. Elizabeth Warren, often referred to as Pocahontas, just misrepresented me and spoke glowingly about Crooked Hillary, who she always hated. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm here with Yane Indigo. She's a leader of the Bernie or Bust forces here at the convention. 
and she just got done emceeing a rally in the Federal Plaza across from City Hall in Philadelphia. We've just stepped into the Federal Building to get a little quiet and a little air conditioning. Uh, Yane, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for coming and talking to me. So tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, how did you get here? How did you get to Bernie? How did you get to Bernie or Bust? So my background is that I'm an activist, and I've been that in pretty much my whole life. I really, when I discovered that people were hungry, which is why it's one of the things that I focus on when I talk, that people were hungry and dying from that hunger, that just something that sat in my spirit and upset my spirit, and I've been really working to transform the world into a place where that sort of thing is not existing anymore. As a younger person, I thought that it was inevitable. Like I thought that it was just a struggle that we had to fight against, that, you know, the forces of nature, you know, causing things like lack of resources, you know, the deserts and things like that, that was what the cause was. But what I learned as I became more adult and more politically active was that it's a systemic, it's something that's created by the system. We, we, we created poverty. Um, and then we, tra- we trick people into thinking that poverty is inevitable. And so then I began to focus more on how do we transform the system. And, and it wasn't just about poverty. It hasn't been just about poverty. You know, all of the different inequities that I see happening in the world, you know, the, the results of war, people's land being stolen, the results of regime change, all of these things have concerned me and they haunted me until I began to um, come up with processes and ways and ideas of pulling people together in order to make change happen. And so that's who I have been. And as a result, when Bernie Sanders began to run, I knew about him already. And so I was actually hoping he would run for president one day. When he ran, I was ecstatic. I wanted to be involved, and I started supporting his campaign and volunteering. And then I ended up co-organizing a rally in support of Bernie Sanders' candidacy here in Philadelphia in April. And as a result, the organization that I was working with, Black Men for Bernie, um, recommended me to CNN. And when I went on CNN two days in a row to talk about my position as a Bernie Sanders supporter, but also one who would never vote for Hillary Clinton, I was drawn into more people's perspective, more people learned about me and wanted to hear more from me. And that's how I began to speak. Um, and that's how I became the spokesperson for the Bernie or Bus organization. Right. So Bernie's endorsed Hillary Clinton. And last night he gave a speech at the convention encouraging his supporters to all get behind Hillary Clinton. But you say you're never going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And the probably a thousand people out here seem to have the same point of view. Why can you never support Hillary Clinton? Well, because I've watched what her, she's done and I've watched her policies over the course of the years. I've done additional research and learned more about her influence over the different things that happened, like the Honduras coup. She was the main person who stood in the way of Zelaya being re- replaced and, and reinstalled into his presidency. She even talked about that in her book, Hard Choices. She's thus changed it because she realized that it's not actually, it wasn't actually positive. She thought she was doing something right. But just the fact that she keeps thinking that these horrible things that she's doing are actually the right thing to do, you know, is, is also troubling. You know, the, the way that the, the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation went into Haiti, claiming that they were going to go in there and make such a big difference and leaving so much poverty, taking people's land, and but helping factories to be able to be built there so that and, and to pay people such small amounts of money. So like basically perpetuating slave labor in a country that she received hundreds of millions of dollars and like so, many, so much money in order to help and transform and then did not do that the way that the Clintons withheld support for around the Rwandan genocide, you know, the, I mean, there's just so many things, even what she's talked about, the 
the warring that she's encouraging with the no-fly zone over Syria, what the intervention in, in Syria and Libya have done and, and, and what, how they caused and wreaked all that havoc with the Syrian refugees, and then how that influenced the Dem or the Brexit situation. I'm thinking about the Dem exit for a second, yeah. but that Brexit situation. And, you know, it's just the influence that we have in the world has not been all that positive. And I think she perpetuates a lot of that, that negativity. And I'm ready for us to be transforming our country into a world of, that's a force of good instead of a force of evil in the lives of so many other people. There were some signs out here that Bernie beats Trump and revote, and there do seem to be some people who just don't quite accept the result of, of the primary and are trying to hold on to this, supporting this candidate who isn't running anymore. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, it's, it's still so, it's, it's so close, right? Because he is still a nominee. His name was still put in as a nominee, but he did endorse Hillary. So it does create a little bit of confusion. That confusion is only a couple of days, you know, longer. It's only going to last for a couple more days. Then people are going to be really clear and they're going to move into the direction that they need to move into. And the reality, though, is that the elections were not fair. There was a lot of election fraud, um, a lot of voter suppression, and the results of the election don't really honor the will of the people. And a lot of people understand and know that. There are a lot of people who participated in, had their votes. I know people personally who were registered to vote, had voted in past elections, and suddenly all of a sudden weren't on the rolls. I know people who had their voter registration cards and their, um, their mail-in ballots in California, but were told that they couldn't turn in their mail-in ballots because they weren't on the rolls, but the rolls were printed 20 days before the registration cutoff. So, yeah, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people who aren't on the rolls, and hundreds of thousands of people are continuing to register to vote after, you know, up until the deadline. So these things are things that make it much more difficult for people to feel comfortable with just accepting the results of this election. And that's a part of what's going on. People do feel like there should be a revote, and I agree with them. I think that we should be ensuring that there's a fair election. Every one person is able to get one vote. And I know, though, that the party's not going to do that. So I'm moving forward with what's next. But I do understand where people are coming from because I know there are so many people who experienced the suppression and watched the voter election fraud. And then what happened with the emails shows everybody that, yeah, the, the Democratic National Committee is actually leaning towards one candidate and not being neutral in the way that we have been experiencing and feeling and seeing and witnessing and seeing evidence of all along this primary process. You just introduced Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, and I can see why she appeals to you and a lot of the Bernie supporters who don't want to get on board the Hillary Clinton train. But I got to ask, does the name Ralph Nader mean anything to you? Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that, you know, people want to scare you into not doing what you feel is consciously the right thing to do. I personally cannot in good conscience vote for either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. The problem is that people are acting like you're going to cost Hillary Clinton the presidency. I want to cost Hillary Clinton the presidency. So I don't have a problem with the possibility of costing her the presidency. I don't want Donald Trump to be the president, but I don't not want him to be the president enough to want to make her the president. So if we end up being a spoiler, however that goes, that's how it goes. The reality is that there's also Gary Johnson, who's a Libertarian Party, who would pull more of the the Republican voters than Jill may. And so the two may end up canceling each other out, or we may just end up having a really solid four-way race. But it's time to break up this two-party duopoly and really ensure that the people are able to vote in the way that they feel is right, as opposed to voting uh, out of fear. Explain to me why you don't think Donald Trump 
is that much worse than Hillary Clinton. I mean, this man is the most openly racist nominee of a presidential party in our lifetimes, right? Well, you know, I'm a black woman, and I deal with all different kinds of racism. Like, we've had individuals who were who are federal judges who are in the KKK. We've had individuals who are on Congress who are in the KKK. The people who are racist, but they do it covertly, those people are much more dangerous, in my opinion. And that's, I think, generally a consensus within the black community is that the covert racists are more dangerous because you don't really know what you're dealing with. And that's how I see Hillary Clinton. I think her policies demonstrate a lack of concern and a lack of regard for black and brown people and for Muslim people. So she has, through her policies, actually acted out what it is that Donald Trump is saying. So I don't really see, the only difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton is that his, wor- his are words and hers are actions. But she's a politician, so she doesn't say it, but her actions speak louder than her words to me. Is there anything Hillary Clinton could do at this point, do you think, to get the support of some of the diehard Bernie supporters? Um, I think that the diehard Bernie supporters would support her 100% if she dropped out of the race. <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably not among the available options. But, um, so, th- I mean, this, what's part of interesting uh, observing this is that people here don't really buy the idea that there's a lesser evil. Right. Right? Right. It, either, either it's evil or it's not. But there is a difference in evils, right? I mean, this is a, this is a guy we're going to trust with, with the nuclear codes who's unbalanced, who's dangerous, probably dangerous in ways that Hillary Clinton, as much as you dislike her, is more responsible. I mean, it depends. I mean, because I've, like I said, when I was speaking, I've seen, you know, uh, the images of the children with their limbs blown off. I've watched videos of kids who are crying because they were looking at a building that their parents were in and they watched that get bombed. You know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we just killed 85 in, innocent civilians claiming, you know, because we thought they were ISIL. I mean, you know, depending on whose life it is, you know, maybe it's more dangerous, maybe it's less dangerous. There are people who are dead. Berta Caceres is dead, you know, because she was standing up for her people against this Honduran regime change and all of the things that happened as a result of that. And Hillary Clinton's hands were completely involved in that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you think some lives are more valuable than others, then maybe you could think that maybe Donald Trump might be worse than Hillary Clinton, but I think all lives matter, you know, and so I, I don't see her as being less dangerous. What are you going to be doing as an activist between now and the election? I mean, you're, you, you're supporting Jill Stein. I mean, yeah, how- I'll, be, I'll be stumping very hard for Jill Stein if Bernie is ultimately definitively not the nominee, and I will also be campaigning against Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And I focus a little bit more on Hillary Clinton because she's a Democratic nominee, and I've been a registered Democrat since I've been registered outside of the independent party, which I changed because I live in Pennsylvania and it's a closed state. So I was independent. I changed the Democratic part to the Democratic Party in my early adulthood. And so this process with the Democratic Party has been more of a betrayal, particularly with the election fraud and the voter suppression. Her candidacy is more offensive to me, actually, as a result to that system. And one of the things that I do not want is for there to be any idea that this is something that people can get away with over and over again. There has to be punishment and consequences for the election fraud and voter suppression and and fighting against Hillary Clinton is going to be the consequence. Are you disappointed in Bernie for falling in line? 
No, Bernie's just one man, and he's got to make his own decisions, and I think everybody has to have the right to do that. There are a lot of people who come at me, and they want to attack me because of my position. I'm, I'm doing what I feel is right in my own conscience, and I believe that that's what he's doing as well. But the reality is that he called for a revolution, and you can't say revolution to black people if you only mean revolution. You know, I mean, we, we all about that, you know? So when he called for a revolution, he, the revolutionaries came out. And we, 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 we I mean, the, the black American community, we've been getting the shitty end of the stick for a long time now. We're used to that. We're ready to fight together with all of the other peoples of our larger American community for what it is that we all deserve. So we're in a revolutionary state of mind. We're not reformists. If he's actually, he didn't call for political reformation. He called for a political revolution. And that's the direction that we're going in. Yane, uh, thanks for joining me on the show. It's great talking to you. Good talking to you too. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon with an assist from Eamon Ismail. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcast. Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. Special thanks, as always, to John D. Domenico, our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Well, Bertie has totally given up on his fight for the people. We welcome all voters who want a better future for our workers.